Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we are thinking about self limitations and self beliefs, you know, that really restrict us. I have a special guest on the show. Brie is here because she's going to help us realize through someone's personal experience how you can really break these chains that we put ourselves in. So go ahead, Brie, take it away. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I mean, there are so many places that I could sort of just spiral down right now, but I guess I can give a quick introduction. So my name is Brie Tartaglione. I am a motivational speaker as well as a podcaster, a certified school counselor. I do a lot of emotional wellness coaching as well within my business. And, you know, I mean, if we're sticking on the topic of limiting beliefs, really what we're going to be speaking on is how do we rewire? our own thinking so that beliefs serve us rather than hurt us. And we can do that. So if that's the direction you want me to go down, I am very happy to do so. Yes, yes, I do. I would love to get that more in depth because I know because you have those many roles, you can really go in depth within a lot of areas. You know, let's be honest, you can really go anywhere and everywhere if we allow your mind to wander. (laughs) So that's why I want to kind of like focus today on just limiting beliefs. And I guess one of the biggest things that I hear other people go through is that when they're going through their self-growth and they're trying to change their boundaries with other people and they're trying to change their thought process the hardest problem that they deal with is other people bringing them back to their old selves and then those limiting beliefs comes right back again what would you say to people like that who are going through that type of situation yeah so there's so much that i could say i guess directly and that could be things that are encouraging or you know ways that we could just sort of like those bite-sized takeaways and how we flip our mindset but i think what's important when we're really talking about beliefs like this, especially when beliefs, when someone else might be penetrating our minds and sort of getting in the way of our beliefs, I guess it's really important to talk about where a belief comes from and how it's formed. Because if we know how it's formed and we know how we're forming it, then we know how someone else might be able to you know, come in and break that form. And then we have our defenses against it. So a belief in general is actually a pattern of thought over time that can come or typically comes from outside sources. So already we know that we have that penetration of outside influences. Beliefs a lot of times, especially the limiting ones, will come from early childhood. Actually, from the day we're born, there's even research that they can come from being in the womb, so prior to. But if we're talking about, you know, from the day that we are, we enter this world, we start intaking information. Obviously, we're not so conscious to that information especially when we're young, but we are being interacting with everything around us from our environment to our family to, you know, really every possible scenario, it's considered an interaction. So if we think of family and and environment as the two main ones, our family and our environment are impacting how we move through the world. When the way a belief is born, so to speak, is that we have, we're in taking all this information from family or outside individuals and environment. And when we intake it over time, it starts to imprint on our minds. Think for anyone who knows winter sports or activities, when there's fresh snow on a mountain, then you go down the mountain, whether you sled, ski, snowboard, even if you're not a winter sport person, which I'm not, I could call myself a sledder, definitely not a skier or snowboarder, but 
when to go down that mountain on that fresh snow, an imprint is made on into the snow. If you continue to follow that same path that you imprinted in that fresh snow, it will pack down further and further and further and really become tighter and tighter towards the mountain. That's how we have to kind of think of how thoughts turn to beliefs or experiences really turn to thoughts, turn to beliefs. So we experience something from outside sources, environment or family that experience turns into how we think about something. So then we start having that thought over and over and over. And eventually if we have a thought over and over and over, it starts to solidify as a belief. So these things, a belief comes often from the outside and there can be positive ones and negative ones. A often very positive one is our belief and conviction in a religion or a spiritual practice that again, oftentimes comes from family or younger places that we solidify because it makes sense. It follows the path of who we want to be. And so having that strong belief and continuing to think in that way solidifies who we are and it becomes a part of us. Limiting beliefs will come from something that might be negatively pushing towards you. Think something like adult in your family saying men don't cry. And when they say men don't cry over and over and over, that experience turns into how you think about men, or if you are a man, how you think about yourself. And it starts to become a belief. You don't cry. That crying you have learned attributes to weakness. So again, these are all ways that beliefs can be formed and then solidified where they become a part of us. Someone experiencing either limiting beliefs where you're telling yourself you can't, or you're telling yourself you're not able, or you're not capable, or you're not X, Y, or Z, fill in the blank, in, because we all have these moments, those can be changed. So that is part one. We can change those. Now that we know that this is actually not a part of us, but a belief is actually a thought imprinted over time, we can change that through the same process of changing our thinking, our thought patterns over time. So that is the good news. There's more good news. It's just in a different way. If someone is coming at you with the you can't. And so you then internalize it as I can't, we need to have our defenses up for that. So we need to understand how to block these negative patterns, either with positive reframing in our minds or to defend against them. We just need to be aware of the understanding of the language that's being used and also understanding that people who might be trying to bring us down and by saying that we can't do something or we're not good enough for something. Again, those defenses need to come from our understanding of ourselves and our understanding that someone who might be telling us that we can't is often coming from a place of them knowing that they can't. So we really need to be able, again, this takes practice. It's really easy to hear someone say with so much conviction, you can't do something. But when we recognize the language as negative and as not serving us in the way that we need to be served, we are our ultimate guide, whether that be psychologically, physically, spiritually, or otherwise. So we need to be able to understand that we're leading our guiding force, not an outside person. So that's kind of the, the long answer, but 
but again, I'm happy to continue on sort of this path or answer other questions that might be related. Yeah, no, I think what you said was perfectly stated. I was just thinking of everything that you're saying. It made sense. You know, I was speaking with other individuals about topics like that, and it really does come down to that right there. Everything that you said about perception and about acceptance and about other people projecting out so their own feelings onto others. And, you know, those are the issues that causes other people to have that self-doubt and that self-fear of everything and anything, you know, anybody can really put that fear in front of their goal or the, or their desire, you know, or what they think is best for themselves, you know, and I think that's when our moral judgment inside of us needs to really kick in and decide, is this really beneficial for us? Or is this something that I can use as constructive criticism? Or is this really not for me? And I think once we are able to separate those three, every time somebody speaks to us and speaks towards us, and at us, then we can really see that self-growth happening in the moment, you know? And I think that's the key as well is that we need to give ourselves time to speak so that we can have that time to think about what somebody else really says. And I feel like since we live in a generation where everything is so impulsive and everything is so right now, right now, where everything needs a response right now, that a lot of the times people are getting misunderstood, you know, prejudged, you know, they're getting offended because they don't, they took it in the wrong context, you know, and I think that is the biggest thing as well is that it all ties into limiting beliefs and what we believe and how we really see ourselves. I'm truly inspired by your story. I hope you don't mind. Can you tell us a little bit more about your story and how you really overcame your limited beliefs when you ended up becoming paralyzed? And how exactly did you become paralyzed, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to speak on this. And if anyone, I know that this is just a short form podcast. If anyone wants to hear the full version, you can definitely reference any of my social sites and we'll go there, but I can give you the express version and then we can kind yeah, of dive, <laughs> dive in from there. Cause there's a lot of details, but you know, the short version is when I was 28, which was in we're talking March of 2020. Interestingly, as the world was shutting down, I was actually going into my very first day of remote work. So too was my body out of nowhere, really. I had no idea I had this rare medical condition, which I found out that I did, which is condition that basically my immune system goes into overdrive and attacks the healthy cells in my brain and my spine, which can essentially render me a lot of other things other than just being paralyzed. So this specific incidence, and I, you know, I cross my fingers and pray that this will never happen again. But again, this is all part of limiting beliefs and, you know, how I move through the world now, because it could happen again, yeah. but my body went into overdrive, attacked my brain and my spine, and I was paralyzed for several weeks from the waist down as well as the neck up. So my ability to speak, I was 100% paralyzed from the waist down, about 80% from the neck up. So I could still speak, but the way that I reference it is if you've ever gone to the dentist and they've put that numbing stuff in your mouth, that's basically, that was really my ability. And at the time that this had happened, again, I said I was 28. Doctors weren't sure that they were one going to even find the cause of it because it was so strange and very, very rare against so they didn't even think to test for what I have, but also they didn't know if they were going to be able to fix it or cure me essentially. So we had conversations around the fact that this could get worse, the possibility of me being in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. 
the possibility of amputation taking place, you know, and the possibility of several other things, including the fact that since we knew the localities were in my brain and my spine, the fact that anything else could essentially be taken from me at any point in time, meaning my cognition, my speech, my awareness, my senses, sight, smell, taste, any of those things. So I was in the unknown as what I would have considered a really healthy individual at that time. So you just don't know what's going to happen. The doctors were able to find something that they believed would work. And several days into this treatment, my sort of ray of hope was that I wiggled a toe, which was like... Um, felt like a miracle to me. It was absolutely everything. And from there, that determination to be able to walk again, just really sort of set fire to me. And I say, I took my first steps on my 29th birthday, which is the best birthday gift. I feel like I could have ever received. And from there, incredibly intense rehabilitation process and, you know, since nothing has happened. But again, I lie in wait in this unknown that this rare condition could, you know, strike again and set something off in my body. And it could happen again where it's not paralysis, but again, it's, it could be my memory. It could be my, you know, my sight. I just, I don't know. And so again, that's the express version of the story, but there's a few takeaways. And one of them is the fact that in Speaking on limiting beliefs, if I had continued to allow myself to sort of feel like this was it or that, you know, life was over in this moment or I'm never going to be able to learn how to walk again or do any of these things that, you know, I really didn't know. But if those were the thought patterns that I followed, what's interesting is our energy flows where our attention goes. So if my attention kept following negative thought patterns, I won't be able to do this. I won't be able to figure this out. I'll never be the person I was before. That's where my energy is going to go to these thoughts that I'm having. Your energy goes where your attention goes or attention flows. (laughs) You know, the, the actual saying, I'll have to figure out if it's which one is flows and goes, but potato, potato, right? (laughs) And they're interchangeable that what we focus on, we put our energy towards. So Mm -hmm. if I continue to focus on the negative, all the things that I thought I couldn't do, then if my mind in my body, they align, not all the time, but if my thought process is leading the way, my body is going to follow. So if I'm saying I'm never going to be able to walk again, maybe I'd be able to get a couple steps out. But if I continue to tell myself, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can imagine that I wouldn't have sense run a marathon distance. I wouldn't have sense pushed my body outside of its limits because when we think that we can't, there's no place for us to step into the discomfort of let me try. Mm. And that is one of the biggest takeaways is that our mindset in the face of trauma, difficulty, anything that is 
uncomfortable for us. And there is obviously a spectrum of what that could be again. And I I say trauma specifically, because that's not just discomfort. That is a lot of other things, but trauma comes on a really large spectrum as well. In the counseling community, we call them, you know, big T and little T and no, and you can have a double big T because trauma can be really, really debilitating and really life-changing. However, if we allow what happens or happened in our life to continue to dictate what will happen in our lives, we're not being fair to ourselves. We're not giving ourselves the fullness and the richness that we deserve in our lives. And I had this conversation on a separate podcast, and I feel like it's always worth sharing now in terms of fear, because fear is what blocks so much of who we are, so much of our potential, and it can be incredibly heightened in the face of trauma. Fear has a place in our lives, but that place is not our whole lives. And that's what we need. Yeah. That is that piece right there is such a huge takeaway because again, I can only use myself as an example, but right now I'm living with the rare condition that I said can take any part of my life at any time. A condition that is actually onset by viruses and vaccines. So you can imagine the rock and the hard place I've been stuck in for the past several years. But if I continue to stop living my life because I have a debilitating fear of what once happened to me, I'm being unfair to myself because I don't have to continue to relive my trauma to avoid a new one. But that is, again, the energy goes where attention flows. If I continue to focus on fear, I start becoming the fear. And that is where we need to be able to stop ourselves. Find the place for your fear. Find the place for where that really difficult part of your life happened and understand that it probably changed a lot to come in your life, but it didn't become your life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Everything that you said was so beautiful. I'm being sincerely honest because I can just feel your realness and I can just know what you're saying is true. And if people truly take the time to think about it, truly do, you can really understand where this takes place. You can see it as a circle. It's just, it just keeps on repeating yourself a cause and effect. This happens because of this. It's just, it's going to be endless to be honest. But When people really take that time to consider that and take a moment to reflect on why you're reacting, why you're feeling defensive, why everything, you know, all these negative emotions flowing over you, you can really understand it's not you. You are allowing the situation to affect you. In reality, it's not you. You know, the paralysis is not you. Yes, you have this condition and it can pop up again at any spare moment that it feels like it, but it does not define you. It's not all that you are. You know, it's not motivational speaker, blank disease. No, that's not you, you know, and that's beautiful that you were able to really learn that because sometimes people don't learn that at the age that you were able to learn it. Some people, sadly to say, have to learn it years in their life then to reflect back and realize wow I could have avoided so much you know wow I could have I could have done something else if I just knew this sooner and I think 
it is beautiful that you are sharing your story, that it, you are allowing yourself to be a vessel for other people to see their potential, you know, and I think people really need to see that, you know, and people really need to know that we are a vessel of our testimony so that somebody can see and know what we've been through so that they know that they can keep going as well, you know, and instead of seeing life and people in competition and comparison, they need to see other people as appreciation and with gratitude, you know, and once we finally flip that switch to that type of concept, then we can really enjoy life with other people without so much chaoticness going on around us, you know, and everything that you've been saying has been so true. And I really hope just at least one person can reflect and really change their momentum going forward so that they can have a joyful, peaceful life. Because if you were able to continue on living and finding peace and finding joy in your life, then why can't somebody else? You know what I mean? Why can't they figure that out as well? So I truly thank you for being that vessel and being that person to share your story and try to want to help somebody because you could have kept your story to yourself. You could have kept that energy to yourself. You could have kept that change to yourself and not help somebody else. There could be somebody right now at this very moment going through what you've been through and what, what you went through and be stuck and not knowing what to do. Well, honey, it's not like that. You can completely move forward. So Bree, to wrap up the show, what would be some great advice that you can possibly give myself or my audience that are possibly listening? Absolutely. And thank you so, so much for those kind and encouraging words, because I mean, the power behind what you're saying is absolutely, I mean, spot on. Thank you, seriously, because that hit me for sure. So something that I really like to leave listeners with is this idea of self-efficacy. So I'm going to define that because it's like, what is this? What does it mean? And my whole business, my speaking career, everything that I'm doing right now is defined by the saying, buy into the possibility of you. And that is essentially what self-efficacy is. So self-efficacy is understanding that you have the capabilities and the power beyond what you're able to see that's right in front of you or in your peripherals. So your abilities that lie outside of your peripherals vision are still there, even though you don't have sight on them. So buying into the possibility of you is knowing that you are capable to take on challenges, obstacles, and whatever it is, it's going to come your way with success. And success doesn't look linear. Success looks really wavy and curly and crazy, but you can take those challenges on, even though you have never taken those challenges on and you don't even even know if you have the skills to take those on. Self-efficacy is knowing that you're going to figure it out. So I encourage everyone to buy into the possibility that outside your realm of vision is the next part of who you are and who you can become. So don't allow yourself to stop becoming just because you can't see what's necessarily next in front of you. Mm, beautiful. Oh my goodness, Brie, you're amazing. You are absolutely so amazing. Much. I just love having you on your show. You radiate a type of peace and just calmness that I can literally just talk to you and just chill, have a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. You are awesome. So if anybody in my audience wants to know more about Brie or will love some advice or some tips, you know, on, on this and other great topics, please go check her out. I have her website. Website on my page. I have her beautiful photo on my special guest. Her link to her website is right.
directly you have access to her podcast access to all that is Brie <laughs> and you will no, most definitely not be disappointed because I did not know what I was getting myself into getting into this interview but leaving I most definitely gained a lot more than what I came in with so I truly thank you for your time and till next time y'all bye